wait, Canon was yesterday. I wanted to go to Hawaii. I'm sure I'll regret that joke at some point. Okay, let's see what Fujifilm's got. So the big news is we got the announcement from Fuji last night for the successor for the X-T2. We now have the X-T3 and it looks amazing. Before I get into breaking down what all this is capable of doing, I want to address the one thing that a lot of people were hoping for. There is no in-body image stabilization. You get that in the X-H1. So if that's something you need, that's where you'll have to go. The X-T3 doesn't have it. That's out of the way. Other than that, this looks amazing. So at the heart of the Fujifilm X-T3, we have not only a new sensor, but also a new processor which looks extremely powerful. Fuji has implemented the Fujifilm X-Trans CMOS 4 as well as the X-Trans Processor 4. This is going to open up a range of possibilities of things that we did not see in previous models that you can now do with this camera. For instance, it now has a burst rate of 30 frames a second of blackout free shooting which means when you take the picture the screen does not black out. It just goes much like the Sony A9. We also have the ability to shoot 4K video now at 10-bit. Not only that but you get 4K video at 60 frames a second and you can shoot 1080 at up to 120 frames a second if you want to over crank for slow motion. This looks outstanding. The X-T3 also features 425 phase detection autofocus points and what this does is it uses 2.16 million pixels and allows autofocus across the entire frame not just clustered in the middle. The native ISO on the camera is now 160 and is expandable down to 80 and the signal to noise ratio performance has improved in the higher ISO settings as well up to two stops, they're saying. Another interesting thing is many of you who have used the X-T2 remember that you had to have the vertical grip to unlock certain functionality of the camera, and it had to do with the power distribution. It required two batteries. Well, they're saying that the new processor is actually more power efficient, and so you do not have to have the vertical grip to unlock anything on the camera. Everything will work straight away. Now, I would probably recommend the vertical grip because we did not get a battery upgrade, and there's kind of two sides to this. One, it's compatible with other Fujifilm cameras cameras because it's kind of a standardized battery but unfortunately this is not a new battery it's been around for a long time and I really would kind of like to see Fuji implement a bigger and better battery to give you more shooting time but that is what it is but the cool thing is is you don't have to have the vertical grip attached to unlock features at this point point. and since we're talking about processor efficiency let's talk about performance you're going to see some major upgrades in this camera the EVF now has a lag time they are saying of 0.005 seconds and a refresh rate of almost 100 frames a second and when you're shooting in the high speed sports viewfinder mode you're going to get burst rates with the mechanical shutter up to 11 frames frames a second with electronic shutter up to 30 frames per second all blackout free. And thanks to the new processor and some algorithm improvements we now see a major boost in autofocus performance. We have face detection as well as IAF and you're going to get these both in AFS and AFC modes. Face detection autofocus performance has now doubled. Metering and autofocus work independently and operate one point times faster than previous models. Yep this thing's a beast. For those of you who like to work with film simulations we now have the Eterna film profile as well as a new 
monochrome profile, which allows you to select between cool and warm tones for your shadows. This emulates the look of a darkroom print. And we now have a color chrome effect, which was something that's been brought over from the Fujifilm GFX 50S, and it allows for deeper color and gradation across the image. One of the things I find really interesting about the X-T3 is this whole notion of shooting at burst rates of up to 30 frames a second blackout free. And this is obviously going to draw some comparisons to the Sony A9. Sony A9 is a full frame mirrorless camera that is capable of shooting 20 frames a second. Now, both companies are using very different technologies to arrive at their result. And the Sony A9 uses a stacked CMOS sensor and it gives you a full data readout for all your files. The way Fujifilm handle that is a little bit differently. And so if you're using the mechanical shutter in the camera, your top burst rate is 11 frames per second and you get the full data readout. When you move up to the 30 frame per second burst rate, what it's actually doing is it's going to crop in and it's going to use the electronic shutter. Now with electronic shutter, it's an APS-C size sensor, so I don't think you're going to have that much problem with rolling shutter, but they do have algorithms in place to reduce that somewhat. But you're shooting at a crop and the way they've handled that is really kind of cool. And I have not actually used the camera yet, so I haven't seen it, but you're going to see the full data readout, but then there is a frame that shows you where the crop is. And this is kind of interesting because when you're in the sports viewfinder mode, you can see things as they come in and out of the frame. So you can predict where action is going to be, say if you're shooting sports. I think this is a really creative way of handling the solution on this. And it does result in a file that is roughly 16 megapixels. So it is a little bit reduced resolution. But when you consider the X-T3 is achieving basically the same result with some give and take here, it's a much cheaper camera than the Sony A9. The Sony A9 is a really expensive camera and I think they've kept the price point really reasonable on this. Another interesting mode that they have in here is this shooting mode where you can do pre-shooting. And this is similar to what you can do on a Panasonic camera with like the 6K photo mode. Basically, the way it works is this, is you've got 40 shots to play with. If you half press the shutter, it's going to start burst shooting images. You can get up to 20 in there. And basically the idea is that you don't miss the shot when you actually do fire the shutter. And that kind of, that pre is not actually writing to the card. It's just storing into memory. So if you did just slightly miss a shot, you can go back and get it. And like I said, you've got 40 images to play with in here. So you get up to 20 in the pre-buffer and then 20 that you can actually do in burst rate. I think it's an interesting addition to this camera if you're shooting something that's ultra critical. Another thing that's really impressive about the X-T3 is it looks like Fuji are really becoming a legitimate video possibility at this point. Not only do we have the Eterna and F-Log film profiles, but we're getting 4K up to 60 frames a second, all 10-bit. You can record 420 internally and 422 if you're using the HDMI output and you need a little more data and a little more color information to go into. I'm not going to go into all the details on this. My dear friend Jordan Drake over at DP Review has done a really wonderful video on this where he has actually had access to the camera and he gives you some examples. When I get a camera, I will definitely test this out and I will share the results with you guys. I'm really excited about it. And the fact that you have autofocus in there with face detection, I mean, it looks really legitimate. I'm a little bummed that there's no flip out 180 articulating screen. It's kind of the same screen that was on the X-T2, which I found a little bit strange because you just don't get a full range of motion with it, but it does look really good. Also, I forgot to mention, there's two card slots. That seems to be what's on everybody's mind with all these cameras that come out, but there are two slots in the X-T3 and it is able to be powered via USB-C. So if you have a power brick like the one, I'm, you can't see it, but I'm using one on my audio recorder, you can power the camera. So if you need longer video time, you can get around some of those battery life issues. Anyway, I would love to hear from you guys. I know this has been a lot of specs and a lot of talk and stuff today. I'm really excited about this camera. I think Fuji are incredible. Um, you guys know that I use a lot of Sony stuff, a lot of Fuji stuff, and a lot of Panasonic stuff, kind of depending on what I'm 
doing, and I've always loved Fuji for still shooting. The X-T3 looks very legit. And even though there's no IBIS, I think there's enough stuff in here that makes up for it that makes this really look like an exciting camera. I would love to know what you guys think about this, though, so drop me a comment below. I will see you guys in the next video. Until then, later.